What's up, everybody? This is FTW with Ahmad Khan. I'm your host, Ahmad Khan, and joining me on the CS Year in Review edition is AFK Gaming CSGO editor Aditya Singh Rawat. Hey, guys, what's up? 2020 has been a tumultuous year for a multitude of reasons, and esports was no exception. But beyond infections and rescheduled events, CSGO had plenty of drama to fill any year, let alone this one. Aditya wrote an article for AFK Gaming about the top six controversies, so let's go through some of the biggest mishaps in CSGO for 2020. MIBR's Gabriel Fallen Toledo and Alexander Iguales Borbo accused Chaos EC of cheating. So Aditya, break it down. What happened and why was it so embarrassing? So basically what happened was the CS, uh, CS Summit 6 Online North America uh, tournament was going on and MIBR and Chaos EC were going up against each other in the upper bracket of the tournament. What happened was MIBR was of course the better team than Chaos EC on paper but on that particular match, Chaos EC played brilliant. Especially their player Leaf, who is I think 17 years old and he's pretty young. And he just destroyed MIBR. Now what happened was, MIBR throughout 2020 has had a very rough patch. And they were just losing all the tournaments. They were losing the tier 1 tournaments, they were losing the tier 2 tournaments. So what happened was, like, it's it's a... Uh, speculation from the community that MIBR got under pressure and they just accused Chaos EC of cheating in that particular tournament without any proof to back back it up. So basically, uh, as the clips were posted online, Fallen came forward on Twitter and said that he doesn't like to accuse people of cheating, but then he went on and still accused them because he told that he found the clips suspicious. So that means he's accusing them. And there was no particular solid proof to back it up. So the Brazilian CS crowd is a very passionate crowd and they have a huge CSGO fan following over there. And MIBR being the main Brazilian team from there with all the famous stars playing for them, the Brazilian CSGO crowd went berserk. It was like like they went and they started threatening those players that how dare you cheat and we'll do this, we'll do that. Like... Uh, I think Leaf had to leave Twitter, like deactivate his Twitter account for a few months or for a few weeks after this incident happened because he was getting constant death threats. And later on, when a uh, investigation was done by the Beyond the Summit guys, the organizers for the tournament, they did not found anything suspicious going on with the team. So it was all baseless accusations that ruined the reputation of the organization and more than that hurt some of their players emotionally and mentally. And there's kind of like a players union, correct? Or an organization for the, uh, that represents the players, correct? Exactly, CSPPA. Yeah, the, the Counter-Strike Professional Players Association, I mean, does the idea of calling, you know, making accusations on Twitter of cheating, does that go against their rules and are there any punishments for doing so? Uh, I don't think CSPPA took direct action in this particular incident or as a matter of fact, if they have taken any action in such a case, uh, because if you see the fifth uh, controversy which I have listed out is also related to MIBR and even in that case similar things similar thing happened. MIBR players went on Twitter and you know riled up the crowd in their favor to go up against Furia and the same thing happened in this case as well. So this Brazilian uh, Brazil as a country has a big fan following in CS and MIBR being a top team from there they have a lot of say and a lot of support from the people. So whatever they say and whatever like they put out, they have a lot of support backing them up. And this pressurizes the other team or the other players. The other guy who spoke up with uh, spoke up along with Fallen is a very famous Brazilian streamer. 
गॉल्स सो वट हैपन इज गॉल्स एज अ पर्सनैलिटी ही जनरली वट ही डज इज ही री स्ट्रीम्स द मेन स्ट्रीम इन इन द ब्रजीलियन लैंग्वेज एंड एट टाइम्स देर आर मोर व्यूअर्स ऑन द ब्रजीलियन स्ट्रीम ऑन गॉल्स पर्सनल री स्ट्रीम दैन द मेन स्ट्रीम दैट इज द अमाउंट ऑफ इन्फ्लुएंस ही हैज़ Well, I think this is a good time to segue into number five, right? And that was the round reset controversy. Um, and I, I guess you know this one's a bit more difficult for me, for I guess the average listener to kind of get their heads around. So, in the most basic way, explain what happened and why it was also embarrassing. So, what basically happened was Amibia and Furia. Uh, they were going up against each other at Blast Premier Spring 2020 American Finals. So, I think this was the final match in which they were playing. and the match had gone into overtime so basically what overtime means is uh, in a basic match of csgo what happens is the team which reaches uh, 16 maps first or 15 maps first they win the match at uh, fifth if the teams draw up at 15 all then a overtime is called in so overtime basically means six more rounds to play if a team wins four out of the six rounds they win otherwise it keeps on happening again and again till we have a decisive winner So twenty fifth round means they were in their third overtime. So that means the main match had gone fifty. They had scored a fifteen all match had gone into first overtime eighteen all. The match had gone into third overtime twenty one all, and then uh, uh, match had gone into second overtime twenty one all. And this was the third overtime that was going in. What happened during this time was I think MIBA faced some technical issues on their end, and their game froze for ten seconds. So uh, I don't think I have attached. A oh, I have attached the clip below. So if you see in the clip, you will see that the MIBR players from that's the that that is Fallen's perspective on the screen. So MIBR players just froze for ten seconds, and during those ten seconds, Furia had no idea that MIBR players had frozen, and uh, I think one of their players uh, took down one of MIBR's player in game fur, and uh, after fur went down. Uh, MIBA called in a timeout. So when a player, when a team faces technical issues, they can just call in a timeout whenever they want. So these guys called in a technical is uh, technical break that uh, guys, our game has frozen. So let's pause the game. So the game was paused, but what happened was before the pause, the damage had already been done. According to the tournament rules, if a damage has been applied to a team. and after the damage has been applied the team affected calls in for a technical timeout like the other team has the say if the round continues or not so in this particular case furia had damaged mibr after which mibr called in a technical timeout so the ball was in furia's court it was up to them whether they want the tournament to continue whether they want the round to continue or do they want to reset the round Furia did not want to reset the round, and they said that we can continue playing. At this time, uh, some of the players from MIBR went online, posted this video, and you know there was this again the thing I said. They have a lot of say uh, in Brazil, and the Brazilian crowd backs them up a lot, and they pressurized Furia. And Furia faced a lot of pressure on social media and through everything, so they said, "All right, let's reset the round." And this after uh, so the round. got reset they played the uh, round again and the issue at that moment was resolved but you know it sparked off a bit of a controversy on social media there was a lot of back and forth between the players and it raised a question among the community members whether players themselves should decide if a round uh, should be reset or not or should this de um, decision be taken by the referee 
because there is always a referee who sits uh, inside uh, like who is always moderating a match so they say that this call should have been taken by the referee but referee in this particular case was absolutely passive he did not do anything and i kind of really want to get into the mountain dew league uh, match fixing investigation so uh, if if i have it right mountain dew league is kind of like a second tier league not you know the top professional league for uh, csgo and in it it was just rife with cheating and i think even richard lewis you know, went on a yeah. rant on his show talking about how this has completely poisoned kind of the lower tier of CSGO. So quickly, can you explain, you know, what is going on with the Mountain Dew League and what this means for kind of like the development leagues for CSGO? So this investigation is currently still ongoing and ESIC is handling it. Esports uh, Integrity uh, uh, Commission, they are the ones handling this investigation. So what happened is a part of this investigation uh, was solved and uh, the players caught in it with the Australian players. So ES- so ESIC issued a 12-month ban to all the seven Australian players who were caught uh, cheating. But like this was more of a betting-related incident than a... So uh, like they said that the players had bet on their own matches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So because of that, those guys were banned by ESIC. And uh, the whole picture is still not in front. ESIC is still like continuing. The the investigation is still going on by them. So they had said that they will publish a complete report before the year end. But that hasn't happened till now. Well, you know, now that everything is moving online, it's probably become easier to see how your opponents are doing just by stream sniping or the ability to watch the actual ongoing broadcast while you're competing. Um you know, explain some of the stream sniping incidents, or at least probably the biggest stream sniping incident, and how organizations tried to deal with it. So the thing is, the stream sniping, ESIC came forward, Ian Smith, who is the president of ESIC, came forward and told that uh, they have a lot of, uh, you know, proof with them that teams have been stream sniping. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, those proofs never came out in public. So uh, there are some clips in public available, but you know, you can't just go outright and say that those guys are stream sniping because those are like more or less speculations right now, but ESIC has concrete proof with them that is not out in public yet. Interesting. Yeah. And they came out and they told everyone that stream sniping, the scene is rife with stream sniping ever since this transition to online scene happened. So, and the thing is, when this transition was so sudden that the tournament organizers were not prepared, you know, to maintain the esports integrity side of things. They didn't they didn't predict that stream sniping is a thing that will happen or will take place online. So tournament organizers right now have taken strict measures against it to prevent it. They have player camps on at all times. They have one guy seeing the player camps at all times. And you know, everything that is happening in the player PC is being logged into this specific document. And that document automatically... Uh, is sent to the admin right after the game so he can check. So it's like a logbook of the whole event. So the steps have been taken and ESIC has stepped forward and taken a strict measure against the stream sniping incident. But over here, another controversy which sparked off was they did not punish any of the previous stream sniping incidents. So those cases are still left unsolved and ESIC just took the decision that we will forgive all those cases. Because I think ESIC does not have the manpower to go through all of them. Well, I think the number one incident in CSGO 
I mean, it's probably one oh of the boy. biggest controversies or biggest uh, incidents in all of esports is the spectator bug exploit where multiple coaches, 37 coaches have been banned because they found an exploit within the game where they could watch, you know, the, essentially the entire map and, you know, play it to their advantage in the middle of competition. Uh, so I don't even know where to start with this one. So I'm going to let you take it from here. This this is probably the biggest cheating scandal CSGO has faced at least in this modern time in the past four or five years oh my god it is massive and the best thing about and the worst thing about this is this case is not even over like it is still being investigated right now so the 37 CSGO coaches who have been banned till now were banned in the first half of the investigation and the investigation has still not concluded it is still ongoing so maybe more coaches will be banned when the investigation is completed. And some of the coaches who have been banned have been caught using this particular exploit. It goes back to 2017, 2018, 2019. So wow. this bug has been in the game for a long, long time. And, you know, the community actually pointed out that is it actually the coach's fault? I mean, it is their fault that they cheated and, you know, they broke the integrity part of esports but the thing is many of the coaches pointed out that when they had first come across this bug they had reached out to valve and they had talked to them that hey this is the bug happening it is game breaking please fix it and valve actually did not take any action against it until 2020 that is very recent why, why did valve wait so long i mean who knows man it's valve valve never you know openly communicates a lot to the community be it Dota 2, be it CSGO, that is like the developer side of things. They are not very open, not very public. And they took their sweet time to uh, figure out this bug and, you know, to solve it. And the worst thing is now that Valve claimed that they have solved the bug, but uh, Michael Slovensky, uh, Mikhail Slovensky, the guy who is investigating, uh, uh, who is one of the lead investigators in this, uh, who is uh, investigating this exploit, came forward and told that uh, this bug, you know, uh, like there are multiple ways to activate this exploit. And maybe Valve has fixed some of them, but there are still ways to exploit this bug. So that is another thing to worry about. Okay, well, you know, this was all what happened in 2020. I do want to talk to you a little bit about 2021 and what this means for competitive CSGO moving forward. I mean, it, it seemed that, you know, a few years ago when Richard Lewis you know, uncovered the I buy power stuff that that was like the biggest thing ever. All the stuff that happened this year makes that incident look so small in comparison. I mean, what does this mean for the integrity of the esport? What does this mean for all the organizations involved? What does it mean for, I mean, what does it mean that like so many CSGO players, former CSGO players are now switching to Valorant? Uh, what is going to happen to this scene and the health of it? Right now, the, in 20, speaking about 2020, CSGO was affected, but I think Moving on to 2021, I think the tournament organizers have now adapted to these changes. They took their time, but I think they have come up with good countermeasures to still maintain the integrity of the game. They have figured out how how to stop teams from uh, stream sniping. They have figured out this bug. So I think now they keep a more close or more uh, they keep a more tight watch on the players when they are playing. They keep a more tight watch on the game that is being played. And once, uh, you know, the pandemic or the health, global health situation uh, is back on track, is all right, and the tournament start returning to land once again, I think 
these problems will go away because it is very hard to replicate all this in a LAN environment. So I think once the tournaments are back on LAN, the competitive integrity is maintained. I think CSGO will be back on track uh, on the competitive side. The casual user base never took a hit uh, this year. Uh, it, uh, On the other hand, it increased a lot. I think CSGO saw five or six months of consecutive 1 million plus user base. And this is concurrent user base. So on the casual side of things, CSGO did really well. On the competitive side of things, it got hit really bad. But uh, that was just 2020 in a nutshell. CSGO got affected from this online transition. The North American CSGO scene, you know, it got crumbled. Uh, many teams exited the scene. But the European scene saw a good rise in it. I think 2021 CSGO will recover and will come back on track for sure. Well, with that, thank you so much for jumping on. It was really fun discussing this with you. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan. If you like the show, please rate, subscribe, and share. Full transcripts of the show, as well as links to our Patreon, can be found at ftwamad.com. To follow Aditya and all the work he's doing at AFK Gaming, you can find him at catslayer underscore 999 on Twitter. To follow me and my writing over at the New York Times, the Washington Post, and elsewhere, find me at Imad on Twitter. And Ron Lines is our audio producer. With that, we'll catch you guys next week.